It's quite windy here. Um, it's 2019, and Elon Musk is standing in front of a towering silver spaceship. He calls it the Starship. It's glistening under spotlights and set against the night sky in a windy corner of rural Texas. I actually wasn't expecting it to be this windy. Hopefully you can actually hear what I'm saying. The celebration was taking place at the company's launch facility next to a small village called Boca Chica. The, the people of, uh, of, of Boca Chica and Brownsville, uh, thank you for your support. And That towering spaceship behind him is supposed to help get people to Mars one day and fulfill his dream of making humans a species that lives on multiple planets. I think we should really do our very best to become a multi-planet species and to extend consciousness beyond Earth. And we should do it now. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. The area where the event took place is called Boca Chica, and it's a pivotal part of Musk's vision for SpaceX. In many ways, this patch of land is the perfect location to set up a launch facility. But there's a big problem. There are still people living in Boca Chica. And so SpaceX is trying to get them out. And that story is one of exploding rockets, broken friendships, break-ins, and big money. All of it over the future of a little place called Boca Chica. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Friday, May 7th. Coming up on the show, what happens when a rocket ship company moves in next door? This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. When Elon Musk announced late last year that he was moving to Texas, our colleague Nancy Keats, who covers real estate, wanted to find out where exactly he planned to live. I sort of stumbled upon this little house where he had been staying. And can you describe the house that people told you he was living in? Yeah, so it's maybe built in the 1940s, old, very small ranch house made of brick and concrete. And they renovated it. They put a new roof on it, solar panels, painted it. But it's still very, very modest in a very small little village. That village was Boca Chica. It's on the spit of sand near the Gulf of Mexico. And so there's no stores, no restaurants. And it's just sort of this one road that dead ends on a beach. And the beach is pristine and beautiful. Musk has been staying in Boca Chica recently, but the village has been a key part of his ambitions for years. He first started working on a SpaceX facility there in 2012, but his plans for the area go way beyond just a launch pad, potentially even veering into tourism. So he ultimately envisions for Boca Chica a place where people would come and maybe stay in a hotel and hang out and then travel to Mars. Wow. Musk didn't just choose Boca Chica at random. To launch a spaceship, you actually want a pretty specific location. 
First, you want something that's close to the equator so that you can use more of the Earth's rotational force when the rocket takes off. Second, you want the ocean to be just off to the east so that when your rocket lifts off, the ocean moves underneath it as the Earth spins. That way, if the rocket fails, it can crash into the water and not onto the land. But the same things that made Boca Chica great for a rocket ship launch also made it great for a quiet beach home. It's almost like this place, it looks like the land that time forgot. I mean, that's how it felt. This is Cheryl Stevens. She bought one of the roughly 30 homes in Boca Chica in 2005. I mean, it used to be that it was so quiet on our street that, like, if one car went by, you would actually go, who was that? You know, because it was like, I mean, it was almost like a cemetery. It was just unbelievably quiet. For Cheryl, she loved it for the wildlife. There's a refuge nearby. And because the beach was so peaceful and so pristine, almost like it was untouched. She and other residents wanted it to stay that way. Cheryl also just loved her house there. It was a very sturdy little house. And the particular location of it was great because I had out the back, you know, far off view of the bay. You know, you step outside the door and you have that feeling of sort of the sea air and just that kind of, you know, the smells and the wind and lots of nature, lots of birds, lots of trees. This very, very unique place. She vacationed there and occasionally rented it out on Airbnb for extra income. And she thought that one day she might retire there. And then, several years ago, things in Boca Chica started to change as SpaceX rolled into town. It was kind of like overnight, just this huge industrial complex just sort of appeared. It was almost like by magic, but not in a good way. It was just amazing how quickly things went up. They had worker ants and people everywhere, and it just started being 24-7 construction. And so that meant, you know, just traffic all the time. And it was just mind-boggling. It was just nuts. As SpaceX's operations grew, so did the disruptions. They started testing out spacecraft, and on launch days, the county would shut down the beach for SpaceX and block off the one road that goes in and out of town which in a place like Boca Chica is a problem because Nancy says residents need to drive out of town to do basic errands like grocery shopping. Because SpaceX is allowed to close the road during specified times, there's security people there. So every time the residents drive into their houses, they would have to stop and say where they were going. And sometimes some of them were stopped for hours there. And they said they were followed home by SpaceX security, which felt like harassment to them. To add to all this, Cheryl says she had nowhere to turn. The thing that's hard to really, I think, convey to anyone is there was no one to tell. I mean, there was no one, you know, there wasn't anyone to complain to because everybody, you know, everyone was all in on this. Every agency at every level and including very much the local politicians and we didn't have any help. We had no allies. Before we continue with the story, we should say we reached out to SpaceX and Musk several times about their plans for Boca Chica and what's been happening there, but they didn't respond. One of the reasons Cheryl felt like she didn't have any allies is because there were lots of supporters for SpaceX's plans. Back when Musk was considering where to put his launch site, he was looking into other places like Georgia, Florida, and Puerto Rico. And when he made his pitch to Texas, he made it clear that this was a competition that was worth winning. 
In 2013, he appeared before the Texas State Legislature to discuss his vision for Boca Chica. Chairman Fitz and members of the committee, thank you for having me here. It's an honor to be before you. During the testimony, he painted a picture of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We're talking about something that's, that's really the big leagues here. This, is, this would be kind of a commercial version of, of Cape Canaveral. Musk reminded the legislature that Cape Canaveral in Florida, where NASA launches its rockets, brings in a lot of tourism revenue for that state. And then, of course, there were the jobs that SpaceX would bring to Texas. But if Texas wanted this kind of opportunity, the state would need to make it worth the company's while. So any, any support uh, that Texas can offer would, would obviously be helpful in, in that direction. Uh, we are and Texas came through. All told, SpaceX received about $30 million worth of incentives from state and local governments. And on top of that, the state passed special legislation, making it possible to close public beaches on SpaceX launch days. And the county that Boca Chica is in was excited about SpaceX's arrival. After all, most people in that county don't live in Boca Chica. The biggest city, Brownsville, is about 20 miles away, and they were looking forward to the money that SpaceX might bring in. And, you know, Brownsville is not that economically developed an area. It's a pretty poor area, and they were hoping for job creation and economic development. And the county was even in talks with tourism companies to try to develop the area. County officials say they want SpaceX to succeed, but not at the expense of the community. So the deal was set. SpaceX would get to launch rocket ships, and the county would ultimately get around 1,400 jobs. Since then, SpaceX has scaled up its operations and amped up the pressure on Boca Chica's residents. They felt like they didn't have any control over their lives. They just told me that life became unbearable. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Citizen M. There's no better feeling than finishing work for the day, sipping an ice-cold soda and nuzzling down into a Citizen M bed. Recharge your brain and batteries at Citizen M Hotels. They're in the tech cities, Menlo Park, Miami, Austin, New York, San Francisco, where people like you work, sleep, and play. Book now at citizenm.com slash the journal. This episode is brought to you by Global X ETFs. Buzz around artificial intelligence is seemingly everywhere. Is your portfolio keeping up? Consider the Global X Artificial Intelligence and Technology ETF, ticker AIQ, which invests in dozens of stocks at the leading edge of this disruption. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Technology companies can be affected by rapid product obsolescence and intense industry competition. Before investing carefully, consider the fund's objectives, risks, charges, expenses, and more in the full or summary prospectus at GlobalXETFs.com. Read carefully. Distributed by SEI Investments Distribution Company. Even after the first rocket started launching on the beaches of the once-quiet Boca Chica, Cheryl held out hope that life might stay somewhat normal. But that started to change around 2019, when the local homeowners started receiving letters. Residents started getting these offers by FedEx or in the mail from SpaceX saying, you know, look, we're going to buy your house for three times its assessed value. You know, most of the offers that SpaceX made to the homeowners was around $150,000 for their house. And they gave them deadlines. Why does SpaceX want to buy these houses? Why can't they just coexist together in Boca Chica? I think they just wanted to be able to control 
the area that because you know having people around when you're doing all of this activity and putting rockets up plus they wanted a place for their workers one of the things that residents told me was that there were workers 24/7 which meant they were sleeping in their cars i think they just needed a place to house people when Cheryl got the offer letter from SpaceX the way that they did it was really aggressive they wrote the letter in such a way that you have two weeks from the date of the letter to give us a decision and, oh, you know, here we're offering you three times what they had assessed the value to be and that they weren't going to negotiate. It was sort of like, you know, take it or leave it. So the price didn't seem fair to you? Not at all. Cheryl says that SpaceX offered her nearly $140,000. But the reason she didn't think it was a fair price is because she couldn't just go out and buy a similar house on a quiet beach for that same amount of money. And Cheryl wasn't alone in that feeling. In the face of these offers, at first, many homeowners tried sticking together. The thing is that we all banded together initially when these offers came because they were they were pretty ridiculous. And so, you know, we all stuck together to say, no, we're not taking these offers. What were you hoping would happen? That you would get more money for your house or that the operation would have to be shut down? It was never about the money. I was hoping they'd get shut down. You know, I just kept sort of secretly hoping somehow something's going to happen that he won't, this won't come together. The homeowners started talking to lawyers to try and figure out their options. But residents told Nancy that SpaceX didn't let up. And at least one official even told a resident that their house could become uninhabitable. There were sort of a series of these offers and the people started to get Emails saying things like they had a week to respond or SpaceX would pursue a different route. You know, one of the SpaceX officials told one of the residents that life would just get frequently more and more unpleasant there. You know, it would be a place in which no civilian would be permitted to remain. That's a quote from a SpaceX person. Wow. And life did start to get more and more unpleasant. Around this time, SpaceX was ramping up operations. There were more launches, more road and beach closures. And the company started conducting even bigger test launches of that rocket. Stage prop is go for flight. The Starship. Two minus ten. Four. Three. Two. One. Zero. And some of these launches ended in explosions. In at least one instance, the crash was in violation of rules set out by the Federal Aviation Administration. Last year, the FAA said that one of the test launches at Boca Chica was conducted without a proper license, and that the launch might be too risky for the general public. But SpaceX launched the rocket anyway. After the FAA publicly denounced the launch, Musk tweeted that the FAA's space division was, quote, fundamentally broken. In April, when the Wall Street Journal asked Musk to comment on another story about this and other instances where his companies have sidestepped rules or ignored enforcement attempts, Musk replied with a poop emoji and declined to elaborate. He did tweet soon after that he agreed with regulators, quote, 99.9% of the time, but that when they disagree, it's, quote, almost always due to new technologies that past regulations didn't anticipate. Over time, these launches started becoming a problem for the residents of Boca Chica. 
Leading up to launch days, residents were often given flyers, warning them of possible hazards and encouraging them to stay at a hotel, away from Boca Chica. SpaceX would pay for the room, but not for food or gas. Cheryl says the residents were given those flyers with little advance notice. It was basically saying, you know, this is going to happen and you, you need to be out of your home. It's kind of like being a child and your parents don't tell you things. Like, it's sort of a need-to-know basis. That's what it felt like. Were you ever in your house when they launched a rocket? I was in my house when they, yeah, did something, some kind of testing where something went wrong and we didn't know that was going to happen. And yeah, it was like an earthquake. It was pretty, it was actually pretty terrifying. You're just sort of actually frozen in place. You don't know what to do. Nancy talked to Judge Eddie Trevino, whose role is basically the top county commissioner. And he recognized that this could pose a safety risk. What Trevino has said is that, you know, they can't have a situation where people's lives are threatened. So they're responsible for the safety and protection of citizens. And so therefore, it might reach a point where these people have to leave just for their own safety. And one by one, the residents who'd originally banded together started peeling off and taking SpaceX's buyout offers. It was just such a stressful, crazy time because everyone was still trying to talk to each other to figure out how to maneuver through this. And if some person came up with a strategy, they'd sort of share it with other people. Some people were really close-lipped. I mean, it really it really kind of destroyed some friendships because people just didn't want to get into the money thing. You know, the minute you introduce money into any, you know, scenario, it's like it divides people. So it's impossible for you to kind of negotiate for yourself and still be like part of a team because you're not negotiating collectively. Everybody's house is worth something different. And for the other residents who refused to give in, life in Boca Chica got even more difficult. Nancy talked to one woman who said that someone broke into her rental home and stayed there. And another time, someone stole her water tank. And uh, she filed a police report, and she reported it to SpaceX. And she says that a SpaceX official um, acknowledged that it probably was SpaceX workers and compensated her for that. Was there any sense that it was deliberate harassment to try to get her to leave? You know, she really doesn't know, but um, she feels like it was probably people who are working there and didn't have anywhere to sleep and so broke into her house to try to sleep. It's kind of also small things. Like one man was telling me how he happens to live across the street from the house where Elon Musk stays. And one time when Elon Musk was in town, he's a big bird watcher, this man. And he was uh, had his binoculars out and he was in his doorway with his binoculars. And a security guard came over to his house and told him to put his, you know, asked him what he was doing with binoculars. I mean, that sounds like a small thing, but it's intimidating to have a security person cross your lawn and tell you to put your binoculars down in your own doorway. But there's still one more card that SpaceX can play to try and make the residents leave. Musk tweeted that he was going to incorporate Boca Chica. So Boca Chica is an unincorporated town. And so in order to incorporate a place like that, you have to have a certain number of people living there, get a certain number of signatures, submit it to the county, and then there's a vote. And if there's enough support, then whoever wants to incorporate ends up being in control of that property. So they control the police force, they run the town, 
And so that's what Elon Musk has tweeted that he wants to do. It's a little bit like what happened in the Old West when mining companies would come into a town, they would incorporate it. If he is able to incorporate Boca Chica, then SpaceX would possibly have the power of eminent domain, which means that they could just force the residents out if they could prove that it was in the interest of public safety to do so. And so what it means is that they would determine what price the remaining residents got for their houses. I see. So they would have to pay them something, but it may not be anywhere close to the $150,000 they're offering now. Right. It could be whatever they determine is fair. And if SpaceX does incorporate the town, it seems like Musk wants to change the name. He recently started referring to Boca Chica as Starbase, Texas. There are at least seven holdouts who haven't sold to SpaceX, but Cheryl isn't one of them. She finally decided to sell last year, and she was able to negotiate a bit more money than the original offer. I guess maybe momentarily I felt relieved, and then I think I, I think I somewhat regretted the decision because, like I said, I mean, you know, I mean, yes, I got more than I paid for my house, but I mean, I still haven't bought another house because there's nothing to buy that's like what I had. When you look back on what happened, how, how would you describe what happened to Boca Chica? Well, considering that, you know, he destroyed the area, the community, the friendships, the neighborhood. I mean, it, I feel like it's like he dropped a bomb on us. What do you think of Elon Musk's sort of overall ambition that he wants to, or he says he wants to send people to Mars and humanity to Mars? I don't, I mean, I don't get that there's some kind of, you know, goodwill or humanitarian sort of, I don't know, outlook towards what he's doing. I mean, it's not even safe for people to go to Mars. I mean, I don't, I guess I don't understand it, but I'm not interested in that. I'm very concerned about our environment on Earth, and it's like, why don't we fix that first? And that's just my opinion, though. So, I mean, he can do whatever he wants, but I feel like the means don't justify the end, not from what I've seen. That's all for today, Friday, May 7th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Thanks to Mark Merrimont, Susan Pulliam, Rebecca Elliott, and Ben Foldy for their reporting on this story, and to April Kirby for the sound from Boca Chica's Beach. Your hosts are Kate Leinbaugh and me, Ryan Knudsen. The show is produced by Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Gadkari, Martin Kessler, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rostrasser, and Rob Zipko. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapak. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Marcus Bogala, Peter Leonard, Bobby Lord, Emma Munger, Griffin Tanner, So Wiley, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka and Matthew Wolf. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.